Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ang daming jobs na digital support worker yung tawag or political staffer. Pero ang papagawa sa kanila is this info work. Sila papagawa ng memes, sila papagawa ng fake accounts. Dahil ang assumption, di ba, ikaw yung bata, ikaw yung magaling sa social media, ikaw magaling gumawa ng TikTok. Akala mo TikTok manager ka ng politician, pero actually this info producer ka. Ako si Mayn Vital. Ako si JC Punong Bayan. At ako naman, si Jeff Arapok. Welcome sa Usapang Econ Podcast. Now on its second season. Ang Usapang Econ ay proyekto ng mga batang ekonomista na naglalayong gawing mas fun, relatable, and understandable ang economics. Powered by Puma Podcast. In the last episode, we talked to Jonathan Ong, a research fellow at the Shorenstein Center of the Harvard Kennedy School where he studies disinformation and COVID-19 racism. He authored Architects of Network Disinformation, which covers the political trolling industry in Southeast Asia. He also engages with the Commission on Elections to lead policy change in social media and political advertising. In the first part of our conversation, we learned that there is a strong demand for disinformation, as well as an actual structured industry that supplies it. Now, we'll talk about the unintended consequences of the proliferation of disinformation. So uh, one of the things here is that meron tinatawag na imperfect information in economics kung saan in many instances and transactions, uh, there's really an inherent imbalance between, for example, what buyers know versus what sellers know. But I would think na itong uh, disinformation exacerbates that kind of imperfect information in many markets and many instances and maraming drastic effects. So for example, na lang dito sa in the middle of the pandemic, there's so much uh, disinformation about the vaccines. Na to begin with, it's very hard to uh, verify information kung uh, gaano ka effective ba si vaccine A versus vaccine B. And then on top of that, dami pang conspiracy theories and other disinformation uh, online, diba? And it affects people's behavior. Kasi, for example, diba, when it comes to vaccines, there's such a thing as vaccine hesitancy kung saan it would do society good if more and more people uh, get vaccinated, pero people don't want to be vaccinated because of the disinformation and imperfect information. Yun na nga eh, kasi mayroong paradox of choice, diba? Dahil ang dami-dami mo lang ring information na nakukuha, tapos sa sobrang dami nila, Medyo ang hirap mo nang i-filter ano ba yung reliable and unreliable information. When too much information is available, it could really cause problems, hindi ba? And now, it's kind of hard or meron ng blurring of lines between information and opinion sa social media. Kasi nga, dahil hirap tayong i-filter or event yung credibility. What do you think, uh, John, dun sa effect of uh, disinformation on polarization, especially dun sa context of the 2019 elections? 
ang nakita namin from 2016 to the 2019 Philippines elections. And of course, mag-election na naman tayo. Mas lumalaganap ang paggamit ng digital campaigns. So, mas dumami ang pera going to digital campaigners in the 2019 elections na people in the past na mas gusto nila mag-grassroots campaign, mag-barangay mobilization, nag-depend sila lalo on 2019. Dahil nakita nila yung effects nito in the Duterte campaign, which was digitally driven nung simula, di ba? And of course, as we move towards an election next year, given the pandemic moment, again, the digital will be even more central And nagiging mas common sa pamamalakad ng digital campaigners na when they meet with politicians, package deal na may above ground, tas may underground digital campaign. And nagiging normal na to. So that's what will make it even scarier. Na people who in the past skeptical sa digital media or ayaw nila sa fake news, suddenly they have to fight fire with fire kailangan na din nila in their minds na magkaroon ng troll armies. And hindi lang ito at the national level, at the local level, at the mayor level, congressman, etc. Meron ng mga digital campaigners and underground campaigns. And that will make it a scarier. I don't know whether Comelec is introducing new legislation around transparency in elections. Recently, I've attended some Senate hearings And medyo weird yung pagkaka-frame nila ng issue about protecting the elections. So I attended one Senate hearing. Hindi ko na papangalanan kung sino yung chair ng committee. Pero ang pagkaka-frame niya ng elections next year, ang the big bad is not fake news or disinfo. Ang big bad is Facebook. Parang bakit? Akala ko fake news ang issue natin. And another layer is it's a Russia or China interference. Down na parang, I know that your campaign did a lot of disinfo more than Russia or China, but we don't need to have like a villain from another country. Nanindigan ang Commission on Elections na tuloy ang May 2022 national elections sa gitna ng patuloy na banta ng COVID-19 pandemic. Ayon kay Commissioner... How worried are you, John, next year? Again, I've attended some of those regulation meetings and ang feeling ko may pagka-empty ritual siya. That politicians are gonna say that, oh, we have a new commission or we have a new committee that will monitor foreign interference in the elections. But ultimately, it's just to get more budget towards one department or one committee. I think that I'm more hopeful and I'm hoping that younger people need to be more proactive in speaking out against this. If you're working in ad agencies or PR agencies, working for politicians, I think you need to be speaking out and putting pressure on your bosses more. We should empower people to be whistleblowers as well and talk about their experiences doing this kind of work. And I think the braver people are younger people. Um, and I really believe that some of the activism will be coming from them, not from the established and older folks. Pero yun yung problem kasi, no? Nabasa nyo ba yung Freakonomics? Diba? May three flavors kasi daw ng incentives, di ba? Yung economic, yung social, tsaka yung moral. Pag inisip mo, kunwari ako, nag-work ako as troll, yung economic kasi is something more tangible. Yung social at moral kasi, 
lalo na for a developing country like the Philippines, uunahin mo pa ba yung moral and social incentive na pagpapaka-self-righteous ka kung kumakalam na yung sikmura mo? Lalo na ngayon, pandemic pa, di ba? So, uunahin mo pa ba yung moral and social na flavor of incentives? Siyempre, doon tayo sa economic. You sound very pessimistic and I want to hold on to some optimism. Diba, we trash millennials and Gen Z na panghirap utusan sa trabaho they will refuse work. But I think that comes from a moral place. It comes from the recognition na actually I'm not happy. It's not giving me meaning. And in the pandemic moment that we're searching for meaning in our work, ano yung New York Times article? Ano yung word for the year daw? Um, languishing? I think people are coming to a realization that, yeah, as our mortality becomes so much more at the forefront in our minds and hearts, no? na our work needs to be meaningful. And I had some people who came to me in the research who wanted to express yung experiences nila and how it ate them up inside doing that work. And that's where I think resistance can come from. Disgruntled people, burnt out people. Hopefully you can channel that anger and that burnout towards something more productive. What do you think are the other things that can be regulated or can be done to control disinformation? Kailangan natin magbantay about the real possibility na magkaroon ng anti-fake news law that will deal even greater harm than actually mitigating fake news, that an anti-fake news law that is actually aiming for censorship and for targeting critics and dissidents, diba? Naging tactic ito ng authoritarian regimes na nakauso sa Singapore, ginaya ng Turkey, ginagaya ng India, parang beauty pageant. Eh, Siyempre, magaling tayo sa beauty pageant. Ang kataraban tayo na an anti-fake news law, the framework is the government will decide kung what will be on platforms. They will decide on the content on the platforms. Isn't that fucking scary um, if the government decides? Where I would, especially in a context like the Philippines. So for me, ang approach mayan is kailangan collaboration ng very diverse coalitions. So we need to engage legislators. We need to engage academics and researchers, activists, journalists to be working together. And hindi yung kanya-kanya lang na the fact-checker will fact-check, the academic will produce a journal article na 50 people will read, diba? or the legislator will do their thing to butter up their fellow legislators. People will need to be bridged together to work collaboratively towards progressive ends. Ako gusto ko lang maging devil's advocate. Available yung fake news, di ba? Tinatawag na rin siyang fake news, pero pag nahuli sila, sasabihin nila hindi naman talaga yung fake news, but it's an opinion, tapos sinasuppress yung freedom of speech. Yun yung problem with misinformation eh. Normally, ang form niya kasi soft intervention in such a way that you don't really force people to believe it. Nandyan siya. May free will pa rin yung mga tao kung maniniwala sila or hindi dun sa content na yun. The, the problem is, madaming tao yung naniniwala or kumbaga sa economics may tinatawag na nudging eh. Kumbaga ito, it's the dirty version of nudging. Sludging. Siguro, isa rin sa dapat maging malinaw is 
hanggang kailan ba pwede nating masabi na itong soft intervention na to ay okay pa? Yung proposals namin in our research was less around judging the content na kung okay pa ba siya or hindi okay or gray area ba siya, but more on transparency. Pwede ba natin pangalanan yung mga strategists who work for politicians, influencer agencies and PR agencies, can they be more transparent with what they have produced, what hashtag campaigns they have organized, what politicians paid them for? Kung political transaction, pwede bang mas may transparency around it? So more on reporting, more on disclosures, rather than judging on the content. Maju justify siya as opinion, pero kung may bayad, hindi ba dapat at least alam natin yon or natatax man lang sila? Yun yung problema, no? Yung accountability kasi yung nawawala, eh. Kasi you mentioned nga na there are still lots of gaps in terms of regulation and, you know, we have these collaborations in the works. Pero I think it's very important for people to be good consumers of information. What do you think should people do then? How to be more critical? Checking our biases is so important. If there's something that's very inflammatory or easily arousing our emotions, I'm always skeptical of that content. As a teacher, that's where I connect with my students most. It's around cautioning them around being exposed to content that is arousing and confirming of their biases. I would like to also kind of figure out what other people are saying around an issue. Reading around the topic is something that I encourage students to do. And it's about just trying to have a multi-perspectival view on a topic. One thing that I also tell Filipino college students, also recent grads, it's not so much also just about being exposed to fake news, but being cautious about the jobs that they will be entering, especially as the election season is drawing nearer. And daming jobs na digital support worker yung tawag or political staffer. Pero ang papagawa sa kanila is this info work. Sila papagawa ng memes, sila papagawa ng fake accounts. Dahil ang assumption, di ba, ikaw yung bata, ikaw yung magaling sa social media, ikaw magaling gumawa ng TikTok. Akala mo TikTok manager ka ng politician, pero actually, this info producer ka. Hindi lang yun yung advertisement ng job na yun. So, be wary about the kinds of jobs that will be advertised over the next six months, eight months, as the elections draw nearer. Grabe, Mayan and JC, no? dami dating natutunan today. So, salamat, Jonathan, kasi ako hindi ko talaga in-expect na ganun palang kalaki yung market for disinformation, as in, grabe. Yeah, oo, salamat, John. Kasi bilang mga ekonomista, we don't really um, deep dive into the stories behind the people in this new market. Anun. And really value yung mga insights nun sa research mo kasi it really gives us an insight to ano yung mga motivations and incentives that drive this burgeoning industry. So thanks so much, John. Yeah, uh, thank you so much for having me. I would love to continue chatting with you and finding ways to connect and collaborate. And that was the final part of our conversation with Jonathan Ong about disinformation. Mukhang di talaga maiiwasan ng fake news at disinformation sa 2022. 
ang importante, aware tayo sa problema at tulungan natin ang isa't isa na ma-immune, so to speak, sa masasamang epekto nito. Muli, ako po si Mind Vital. Ako naman po si JC Punong Bayan. At ako po si Jeff Arapok. I-follow ang Usapang Econ Podcast sa Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Abangan niyo rin ang video version ng interview kasama si Jonathan Ong sa aming Facebook page at YouTube channel. Salamat sa audio editor ng episode na ito na si Mark Casillian at sa producer namin na si Trisha Aquino. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.